This podcast is brought to you by RMA, the Risk Management Association. RMA's sole purpose is to advance the use of sound risk management principles in the financial services industry. Learn more at rmahq.org. Hi, I'm Stephen Grisowski, Communications Manager at RMA. Earlier this year, RMA partnered with Vertical IQ, adding Vertical IQ industry intelligence to its eMentor platform, which will provide bankers with the tools they need to make better credit decisions and deepen customer relationships. Today, I'm joined by Bobby Marn, CEO and co-founder of Vertical IQ, to further discuss this partnership and challenges and opportunities for banks lending to restaurants. Bobby, thanks for joining us. It's great to be here, Stephen. Thank you so much for having me. So, Bobby, tell me a little bit about Vertical IQ. How did you get the idea to start the company? Sure. Actually, uh, I was a, a banker throughout the 1990s in North Carolina, in Wilmington, North Carolina. I was a business banker. So I was calling them businesses of all sizes. And I had the idea to start a company that essentially provides uh, call sheets to help me prepare for meetings with business owners. I just noticed that, you know, the more I knew about a business or industry, the better my uh, conversation to go with that business owner. And ultimately, it, it would lead to these engagements, if you will. And uh, a lot of times I would create these PowerPoint presentations that, was, that were all about them. So I just felt like the biggest challenge I had with that strategy was I didn't have good content at my fingertips. I had to uh, order it from an industry research department. It would take a week for them to come. So I would, um, so I decided to start a company to provide industry research. This is actually second go of it with Vertical IQ. And it was sort of a 2.0 version, which is industry research for bankers. And uh, we really get into a lot of the working capital and financial aspects of hundreds of industries. Bobby, as mentioned um, in my introduction, RMA recently partnered with Vertical IQ. Can you talk a little bit more about the importance of this partnership? Oh, yeah, sure. It's a, uh, it's a wonderful partnership with RMA. They've been so easy to work with, been fantastic. The people are great. Uh, the, the, the essence of the partnership is that RMA's great product, eMentor, which is for uh, credit underwriters and bankers to understand um, how to go about lending to particular industries. Um, so that eMentor needed needs industry research and particularly industry research as, as uh, information changes. And that's what Vertical IQ does a great job of. Vertical IQ, on the other hand, we provide more pre-call preparation type research so we have we need financial statistics to talk about so bankers can have those conversations. And so it's kind of a marriage made in heaven. And so what we do is essentially horse trade this content back and forth. And we do a lot of things together. Um, we're in RMA provides us lots of ideas and improving vertical IQ and vertical IQ provides ideas to improve improve eMentor. So one thing I notice is that a lot of our customers have both eMentor from lending and Vertical IQ for industry research. So it works really well. Bobby, Vertical IQ recently published an article titled, What's on the Menu? A Closer Look at Restaurant Industry Credit Risks, which can be found in the October edition of the RMA Journal. What are some current challenges facing the restaurant industry today? Sure, I think it's neat that you're asking about restaurants because it, you know, it's an enormous industry. It really is. And 
you know, the listeners probably know or aware of the massive challenges restaurants have now with COVID. <clears throat> and also coupled with COVID on top of that, labor shortage. Um, I mean, it's an enormous industry. It's, it's, it's a $569 billion industry. And it employs 8.6 million workers. There are more than 380,000 companies in the restaurant industry. And of course, many more locations than that. Uh, so it's a very important part of our economy. And um, I think some of the challenges that, that you know about, of course, uh, the biggest one, I think, from many conversations I've been having with owners of rest, independent restaurants, mainly independent, independents, successful ones, are the labor. Um, it's a, just an enormously difficult situation for them. Um, you know, profit margins are 3 to 5% net-net to the shareholders. Those are very tight margins, so they can't afford to quickly raise rates to attract uh, people. So they have labor shortages. What are they doing about that? Well, they're, they're having to be extremely scrappy. And they're, they're having to basically um, loosen their standards quite a bit. They have to close their locations, reduce their revenue, figure out how to cover their fixed costs. They need strong balance sheets. You may be aware, or your listeners may be aware, but in on June 11th, 2021, was the Restaurant Revitalization Act, which was $60 billion to help out the restaurant industry. Um, unfortunately, those funds are going to run out. Uh, many of the restaurant owners are indeed concerned about the winter, and they people can't sit outside as much. And so there was a bill in August that didn't get through for four, another $48 billion dollars to the same revitalization fund that didn't pass. So I think the restaurant owners are on bated breath, hoping that a, a bill passes as part of this current legislation to get them through the winter. Uh, it is gonna be tough for them to get through the winter. Um, but when I say them, you know, not obviously all of them, but many restaurants will fail if there's not another act, unless the COVID-19, um, uh, impact starts decreasing rapidly. Great. Do you think restaurants are bankable from a lending perspective? And if so, how? And assuming they are bankable, what types of restaurants tend to be successful? You know, the banking industry is inherently concerned about um, the restaurant industry. It's a tough industry to lend to, but not impossible. So, you know, as a, as a, as a lender myself, I had a McDonald's franchise that was very successful, um, but I also had some independence. To be sure, I think that success in the restaurant industry is a function of management and experience, um, and of course, access to liquidity, and, uh, and a great idea. And so restaurants, it's kind of like a microcosm of the economy as a whole, because when restaurants sort of like run out of vogue and they're no longer popular. They simply failed and other restaurants with a new modern idea takes their place. You probably noticed that. The key is that banks don't let that very natural process that's pretty quick, <laughs> um, essentially at their expense. You know, banks have to be right 99.7% of the time. And, uh, and that's a tough, tough pill to swallow. I will tell you some of the data is that, you know, like during the last recession, well, I shouldn't say the last recession, but the 2007-2009 recession, traditional, um, 
restaurants, the revenue only fell about 0.5%. The GDP during that time frame was actually flat, perfectly zero during those three years. So they were right there with the economy. About 7.7% of restaurants uh, fail in a typical year. But for all industries, that's 9%. So that's pretty normal. And then another interesting statistic is over the 10-year period for the SBA 7 loan, 7A default rates, 3% uh, of restaurants have defaulted on those loans in terms of number of loans. But 3.8% is the overall average for SBA 7A loans. So it's, it's pretty interesting. The charge-offs aren't as bad as you might think because of the high perceived high failure rate. But to be sure, the most important thing when lending to a restaurant is excellent management. So, you know, I kind of see it like this. And then we move on to the next question is that I think that there's a bunch of extremely well-run independent restaurants and they might own three to five locations or three, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 locations, that kind of size. They will have 400 employees and they're extremely well-run. Uh, those are the probably the best candidates. What's a little risky is when someone's never done it before and they're opening their first restaurant, it, it, it's hit and miss. The failure rate goes up exponentially on those. Bobby, from a credit perspective, what are some issues that cause restaurants to fail? Obviously, too many fixed costs is extremely important. And um, they really have to get it right in terms of rent. And so if the rent is just too high for the amount of traffic and the amount of revenue they can get, then it's just never going to work. So obviously, that's a, a, a pretty big risk. Another one, of course, is management, which I've talked about quite a bit already. Um, you know, a, another big risk for the restaurant in, industry, obviously, is leverage. The average leverage per RMA's uh, statement studies is about four to one or just over four to one. So $4 in debt for every $1 of equity. If it gets too much higher than that, and the lease expenses are going to be are also very big, um, and maybe it's a higher end restaurant, and therefore they have higher labor costs, then those uh, all of that leverage together makes for too tight of margins. And as I stated earlier, the, the average margin is only about three to five percent. So there's no room for error on that. So you've really got to pay close attention to those details when lending. So, Bobby, to wrap up, what are some key points that you should know to lend to successful restaurants? Yeah, sure. I think that uh, forming a relationship with the restaurant owners, the successful ones, um, you know, and if a few of the, the top, like what makes a successful restaurant? Well, one is some of these restaurants, they have more than one location, so they have a diversity. I do notice that sometimes they will have like five locations and then they'll open a new one and it, and it individually may fail, but the overall company does well. So getting a good understanding from an independent restaurant chain that owns, you know, four or five different locations with four or five different themes, um, understanding that it is a trial and error. So, but, but it is, and, and so those companies need to be able to withstand the fact that sometimes some of their ideas aren't necessarily going to work. Um, as far as like profit drivers, like what makes them successful, high customer traffic, of course, is absolutely key. So what you want to do is if you're considering lending to one of these 
restaurants is understand from the owner what's going to make this location have high customer traffic because we know this drives profitability you know you just need a lot of you need a lot of sales to cover those fixed costs the second thing is average check size um you know with those margins i was talking about three to five percent you know what's going to enable the average check size to compete with other restaurants in the area you know, what are the factors that are going to cause this to be successful? You know, for example, is it a $15 restaurant, average check side, size, or is it maybe $30? And what adjustments are going to have to be made to get just the right formula for price versus quality? The next one is, uh, is basically the management of, um, of the food and beverage you know, really understanding how they can get a great profit margin on their food and on their beverages. What kind of relationships do they have with the food companies? Um, is their chef able to mix ingredients that are uh, cost effective that can drive ultimately at least a 60 to 65% gross profit margin? So getting an understanding of that. And then of course, the last but not least is efficient labor scheduling. I think losing control of labor causes failure a lot of times where the service ultimately ends up being really poor and then word spreads the service is poor because you know it takes so much experience and management to be able to hire the right people and retain them. And so, I mean, it was kind of like I was meeting with a very successful restaurant owner who owns several locations and 300 employees. And he said, this was just last week. He said, I have... A players, B players, and C players. The A players, you know, are about 50 people who make good decisions, who are earning between 40 and $50,000 a year, who can do something for me that is quite reliable. The B are kind of transient, so they're not going to hang around very long, maybe three to six months at the most, but they're reliable and they're steady. And then the C players, and by the way, you have to have C players, they live in the moment. So they will just quit on you. Like out of a the blue, they just won't show up. And your manager will call and say, why didn't you show up? And they say, because I, I couldn't make it. And by the way, I quit. He goes, like, you can't avoid C players. You can't predict which is a B and a C before when you hire them, and especially now. So you want to gain an understanding of how they plan to manage that. And listening to their answers, answers, you'll get a good idea of whether they're uh, uh, good management or not. So those are a few of the things that make for successful restaurants. I hope that helps or answers your question. Yes, that's great, Bobby. And, and this has been a, a very informative discussion on the partnership between RMA and Vertical IQ and the challenges facing the industry. Uh, thank you again for joining us today. Absolutely. I enjoyed our time together, Stephen, and thank you for asking such great questions.